0: My mind has been blown. Yep. My
1: eyes have been all cried out and then cried out again and again and again and again.
0: It's really interesting. I've tried really, really hard to be objective, and I don't think that I am a victim of recency bias. So I'm going to say definitively that what I have just experienced is one of the most profound individual seasons of television I have ever seen.
1: And we've also waited a little bit to record this episode just to get the dust to settle a little bit, give people time to finish their binge-watching. I finished, obviously, in three days, but give normal people with schedules time, and I can still say I, that
0: I finished this it in four insane. and a half days. Yeah.
1: And now yeah. it's been out for how long now? A couple, a couple weeks?
0: I think it came out on the 16th.
1: Okay. So guys, we knew, and we've known for a while, that we had to do an episode on season four of Orange is the New Black. Don Don Don! Orange is the new dun, black. Done, done,
0: done. Okay, holy so let me, moly. Let me just make a definitive statement. I've put this on my Twitter, but I want to put this out there on another internet medium so I can make it known that if like I Genji Kohan is my spirit animal. Like I I want I want so badly to clone her and put her in the creative writing rooms of so many different arenas of shows and movies. Yep so that all of our art will be that much better because that woman knows what it's like to promote equality, to write serious um, commentary, and also to infuse it with incredible humor and never once feel contrived.
1: And and has managed to create more three-dimensional characters than I think I've ever seen on like any TV show ever. It's insane the amount of like fully-fledged characters are on this show that you start out hating and then once you see their struggle and their beginnings have immense empathy for, it's insane. And I, I'll say like, for me, Orange is the New Black, like I was obsessed with season one. I really enjoyed season two. Season three, the only thing that I was like blown away by was the season finale of season three as a whole. I really just disliked the villain and the arc uh, of that. And I really started to dislike Piper in season three. So I was very skeptical coming into season four. I actually really expected to not enjoy the season. And what happened was the total opposite of that. And I was completely blown away.
0: And I was kind of in a minority from what I gathered from what I had been reading online that I actually thought season three was the best season that they had had um, up until that point. Or like, it wasn't, I shouldn't say that. It was my favorite of the Right, three. right, totally. Because I, I actually liked um that i finally felt like i was completely justified and never really liking piper that much and so it kind of right, gave me this, right, yeah. it gave me that freedom to do that um, <laughs> yeah. but before we go any further we do have to say we are going to provide spoilers oh my spoilers, gosh spoilers spoilers on spoilers, spoilers. on spoilers on so spoilers if, if you have not i'm i'm at least going to reference stuff that happens in episode 7 and later because all the big emotional moments for me happen from like 7 till the end so right. if you haven't watched past the first few episodes of season four of Orange is the New Black, please stop now if you plan on watching it and you don't want it to get ruined for you because I don't want to ruin it for you. Rachel doesn't want to. And there there are some shocking and heartbreaking things that you need to experience in the moment that we don't want ruined.
1: Yes. So, and like, it's not worth it. Just go watch it. It's all of the episodes are there. Yeah, Why are you listening to us and not
0: watching it anyway? Yeah, go like, watch it. We'll yeah.
1: we'll be here when you get back. But seriously, like it's not. I it's crazy too because um, I everyone knows this about me. I see stuff so late. Like I never go to the theater, and I never. I'm so far behind on Game of Thrones and stuff that like spoilers to me are just like a a matter, a fact of life. Unfortunately, yeah, because and we live
0: on the internet. <laughs>
1: because we live on the internet, and I totally get it. But like, I don't know how it didn't get spoiled for me. But Orange Is the New Black didn't get did not get spoiled for me, and I had the best experience ever with with it because of that so if you're see even even if it hasn't spoiled for you still go watch it like don't
0: don't i actually sacrificed sleep intentionally because here's what happened i didn't get to start as quickly as i wanted to because the night that that it released uh, my daughter was having a really rough fussy night so marissa and i didn't really do anything except for just like try to entertain her and put her to bed right so i already started like a night late And then Saturday, we didn't start until a little bit later in the day. So I was already a little bit behind. But then I was looking at some stuff on Twitter and people weren't spoiling it. But I could see from people's reactions that really crazy mess with your mind transcendent stuff was happening. So I literally made the decision on Saturday and Sunday and Monday nights to go to sleep like two and a half, three hours later than I normally would because I was like, okay, I only have a short shelf life until the spoilers are just going to come through on my news feeds and it's going to get room for me. So I've got to get going. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I literally sacrificed sleep for the sake of being able to watch things in the moment. So most of my emotional moments for the show came at like two in the morning.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Mine were like Sunday at 9am. Like I would start watching just as soon as I got up and I think I finished the whole series, um, the whole season on like a sunday morning and i was just i was
0: just wrecked. You were texting me all day yeah i was
1: wrecked dude like <laughs> i was like mitch i think i actually might need to see someone about this like the emotions that i'm having right now are not okay
0: it was heavy oh, stuff my God, it was but heavy. inspirational simultaneously yeah too.
1: oh 110 percent. i want to talk about so okay so okay
0: so spoiler zone officially yeah, now officially
1: starting now so there this season aside from the entire Ah, uh, death of Pousse. Because we're gonna get into that. But I wanna talk about how we got to see um characters like Lolly, characters um like Healy. Healy. Oh and my Mickey. gosh. And Mickey, I thought I would and even Piper, honestly, I thought I was done with Piper. I'm I'm like over it. She's and she's getting so evil. She's getting so in her head. There's no way they can make this character redeemable again. And she gets a swastika branded on her. Okay, so Holy crap, um, that changes everything. And her performance this season was so good. Oh, my gosh.
0: I have a theory. Before we start getting into specifics, <sighs> yes. here's my theory. Um, see if you notice this along with me or if I'm just being weird. I think part of the reason I enjoyed this season so much was because of the way they structured the story, the the way the narrative was actually logistically constructed for screen time. This is the first time where Piper wasn't the star of the show. This yeah. was the first time where she was, there wasn't actually, there wasn't a singular star of the show this season. No. Every single one of the main foci in this season shared the same amount of screen time and backstory time. And it's the first time they've done that. And I honestly don't think that's a coincidence because like, it's really easy to, um, I, I get burnt out on the Piper stuff because oh like, oh yeah, it's a privileged white girl struggling to be the privileged totally, white girl in prison. Totally. And so this one, they were so, in- Genji was so intentional about saying, okay, we're gonna make sure that just for lack of numbers, because I didn't actually break this down, but like, we're just gonna make sure that, okay, we're gonna focus on these eight characters and all eight of them are gonna have a combined time of six hours of screen time. No one's gonna have any more than that. We're gonna make it completely balanced. And it worked. I don't know if it would have worked early on because we had to do so much character development to get attached to these characters, but that was, I thought, a brilliant move to keep the show fresh and moving with new ways without adding a ton of new characters or trying to come up with a weird shtick. They changed the formula enough by just saying, you know what, what if we just treat everyone as an ensemble supporting character because we're familiar enough with everyone by now that yeah. it's not gonna matter. And I thought it was a brilliant move. It felt fresh to me, but I also didn't feel burnt out on anybody.
1: Right. No, I. I it felt incredibly fresh. It felt like they were... It felt like they had kind of taken some of the criticisms of season three um, and, like, not only fixed them, but, like, were like, oh, not only will we fix them, we'll, we're just going to go ahead above and beyond and, like, just write the most insane piece of television you've ever seen. But, like, they, they dealt with the Piper stuff almost immediately, which I think was literally the first scene of the first episode because it's, like, a, a direct continuation of the end of season three. And as soon as, like... Piper had that Piper. Piper had Piper. that line about being a gangsta with an A. I was like, okay, I like this because they're they're doing now what we've been saying, which is like Piper is spoiled, she's entitled, and now she thinks she's Queen B. And,
0: and she I, had that big moment. I forget what episode it was, was it eleven or twelve, or maybe it was even ten, where she's having that breakthrough moment with Alex. There and because yeah. Alex hit rock bottom this season yes. Yes. In, in a very real and authentic way. And she And again, had, I
1: now love Alex and I did not like her at all before. So And
0: Piper had that big epiphany moment where she realizes I forget what the direct line is, but it was something to the effect of I was trying to win yep. prison. Prison. I was trying to win prison. That yep. was it. Like that, that for for that singular character, for her to realize that she had unintentionally created a nazi cult yeah yeah and completely invaded the space of every single person she had ever touched in that prison before either good or bad she literally had this moment finally where she's coming back together with alex and realizing okay alex is my true north which again just felt right even though they came together because their situations were so horrible yes but they finally they finally discovered each other for their true north for the right reasons for for doing it organically and it's in that moment with the right person with her life on the line and alex being completely broken where finally piper realizes every single thing i've done has been trying to win prison and not one ounce of me has been rehabilitated
1: and i haven't yeah exactly and i loved her her character sort of journey when she calls her brother to like tell him oh my please help me like i've i she had just been branded with this the swastika And in this terrible... It almost felt like a rape scene. It was so hard to watch. That's exactly what
0: it was. Oh, my God. It was 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 just so
1: intense. It
0: was a permanent scarring, a permanent damaging, like losing, stripping away of your dignity, your innocence, and your pride. It was... Forever. And that is something
1: that was just like... I was like, how the hell are they going to deal with this? What is she going to do? She has a fucking swastika burnt on her arm. It was just crazy. But I loved how Piper calls her brother, or I'm, I am assuming originally to ask him for help, but you know, he's so, he wants to gush about his new baby and and all these things that are happening in his life in but real life, also and she-
0: She also realizes how much she missed that family exactly, connection. This
1: exactly, exactly, and she just has to suck it season. up.
0: Yeah, and it's past the halfway point of the season, and that There's was her no first back. interaction yep. with family.
1: Yeah, I know, that's nuts. That's so nuts.
0: But I think the biggest thing, with Piper that we learned in this season was that um, transformation is something that everyone exclusively says, you know, like, that's a good thing. We all want to be transformed. We all want to be better in the way we were. But the thing that we don't like to talk about, or that we conveniently overlook is I truly believe that transformation is destructive in nature. In order to be transformed, you yeah. have to lay you have to lay to rest or you have to kill whatever was there before in order for renewal or new growth or something you have to
1: travel through the freaking abyss you have to go into the darkness before you
0: go out to the the light first the first phases of transformation is always ugly gritty and destructive and that's what she finally realized because the the destruction in her life was actually forced because she was so freaking arrogant and spoiled Mm -hmm. and and that's when she realized after after forced transformation has come to her, that's when she realizes I've been trying to win prison, and you can't win prison.
1: Yep, and I, um, I think I'm I'm so excited now for Piper's journey and where she's going to go and what she's going to learn. Um, but I kind of like I want to move on and I want to talk uh, about Lolly and her story. Yes,
0: so oh the whole um, I have and, and maybe uh, so I've got a lot of family history and emotional baggage tied up with um, mental illness that is something that really hits hard for me and And i hate
1: seeing it portrayed we've talked about that i hate seeing it portrayed in a false way
0: everything that you say about the movie requiem for a dream is everything that i feel about you know the way most entertainment portrays the mental illness absolutely it just gets under my skin and so i want to say that the way they used lolly and healy and healy's mother in this in this um, season it brought me to tears because i was feeling those things that they were feeling because i yep. was seeing i was seeing my loved ones in those stories i was seeing that things were happening organically and it's a slow unraveling it's never a big big moment of just jumping off a ledge and i just i applaud genji kohan if this ever reaches your ears yeah. thank you so much for for speaking so much truth into the arena about how much we piss and shit on those with mental illness even though we claim we're much more evolved Mm -hmm. and thank you for doing it in such an artistically beautiful and heartbreaking way that it's just i don't know how people could watch those storylines and not be moved and not be heartbroken and i think that's what people need
1: and i have to say like you you say you saw you know family members in that character and i did too but i also saw even especially since uh lolly's um character was from seattle where i live and we have an enormous enormous incredible homeless population problem it's unreal Mm -hmm. and it made me every every day when i leave my house or come home i see at least three homeless people it's and i i'm talking about like within a few blocks of of radius and it made me look at the way that I look at them and perceive them and how I interact with them and where they're coming from. And it it was just tackled so beautifully in this character that I, again, did not expect to like. I thought that Lolly was so annoying and I just didn't, I wasn't sure what they were going to do. and the The relationship that they tied in with Healy and her was just. They
0: set that up perfectly. You yeah, got the backstory of Healy. It was Before perfect. you got the full backstory of Lolly, and then you saw them connect, and then you saw Healy crumble oh. when he realized that he unintentionally failed her, uh-huh. and he and he because that was that was his redemption moment. He was going to yep. save his mother yep. by saving Lolly, and yeah. he literally was going to kill himself. Yeah, because. Oh. He, He felt like all he was doing was failing the important people that he was supposed to save. And he
1: finally saw himself in this and saw how, because of what his mother did, how he has now been treating women and looking at women and looking at people with Mm -hmm. mental illness or prisoners and realizing how insane and terrible he had been. It was, I did not think that Healy could have redemption in my eyes. And it's a true testament to the writing of the show
0: because he had such a turn. Yep. What a difference a season makes. Yep. And it'll be interesting to see how much darker it'll go since he's oh, checking into know. the psych world. Oh, I
1: know. I like, know. But are we just, like, writing that character off? Is he going to be back on the show? I don't know. So it'll be really I think he'll
0: be revisited because they brought Nikki back, which I want to talk about in a second. Yeah, for sure. But for the, sure. Um, the last thing I want to say about the mental illness angle is that um, I have a, a direct family member, very near and dear to me, that uh, struggles and is, is medicated for bipolar and schizophrenia. Mm. And when this family member is medicated and totally fine, that person lives a totally normal life. Married, great job, Wouldn't if you didn't know anything about this person and you were just hanging out with them, you would have no earthy idea. But right. here, here's the thing, I've literally heard this person tell me on more than one occasion, the biggest problem with this is that I'm never able to trust my own mind if I'm oh. on my medication. Oh my gosh! And, the, and 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 I'm telling you, I, I've seen a lot of movies, I've seen a lot of TV shows, and I've watched a lot of stuff, and I can say that this is some of the most authentic truth telling about the the dark side of mental illness and how we sweep it under the rug that I have absolutely. ever.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, freaking and that's all I can really say about it without getting off on a billion tangents but exactly
0: and yes. i think at the heart of this show i don't know what genji cohan's purpose was for wanting to write this show but to me if you were to ask me what is orange is the new black about i would say if i could sum it up in a nutshell i would say um orange is the new black is about learning to share grace with those people that deserve it but we don't think they do yep like because- we have
1: passed judgment on saying, I, you know, you are X, Y, Z. You're going to go here. And uh, yeah.
0: All right. So let's let's talk about um, Nikki. And then we can talk about Poussey and have our hearts ripped out. First. I know,
1: right? I know. I'm like, I so don't want to talk about it. And of course, we have to talk about it. But yeah, let's stall some more. Because with Nikki, too. Because it, it deserves to be talked about. Because with her and uh, Sophia, we didn't see a lot of them this season and Nikki Nikki's return was we had some more time with and some more writing with and all that. So, um I was yeah. really happy to see Nikki back. I was her again we have to go through this heartbreak of her relapsing and her relationship with Red and um uh, and Red's that scene where Red finds her in the showers and she just breaks down and and apologizes for trying to control her and trying and ba- trying to help her. That was some of the most authentic writing and acting by both of them. I was so moved by that scene because I've been there. Truly, I've been that person. Like, what did I do? What can I do? And there's nothing you can do. There's nothing. There's nothing. And that's why I will always love Nikki because she, they, they, She's really the I mean everyone struggles with addiction on the show. There's so much drug use featured on the show and in the prison. But with Nikki's story, it's so it's so full-fledged and hashed out and between the writing and her, and the actress's portrayal, to me it's one of the most realistic um portrayals of an addict I've ever seen and how they deal with it is just it gets better and better every time. I just yeah, I totally have to applaud the writing and the performances um because it's not often you get to see stuff like that and i'm just really grateful when it happens
0: um so just from a sheer dialogue standpoint i felt this way before season four but it definitely got cemented even deeper after season four from a sheer dialogue standpoint i've always felt that nikki was the best written character she's been the the, the way they do they allow her to deliver her dialogue the way they set up the stuff that she says the way that they let her go yeah. in different directions. I, I just, she has the best dialogue and she delivers it the best. She's just yes. in, in, absolutely incredible. And the, the thing is, is they've found a way to let you get, in my opinion, to let you get emotionally attached to her on a deep level to a point where every time she has a big, I just effed up moment, it's really hard for you to watch, even though you shouldn't be surprised. Like uh, yeah. when they took her away to max the previous season, that gutted me but it didn't gut me as badly as what I saw in season four. I believe it was episode seven when we find out that she's going to get to be brought back, but she doesn't know it yet. And she's giving up and she goes and she has to perform sexual favors for that uh, security guard at the max prison in order for her to get her first drug fix in three years. And the way that they filmed that and the music that they used and the camera angles infusing with the montage of the other behind the scenes things happening to get her to come back. Like I, I was completely a mess. That was the first time of the three moments in the season that I was a complete mess because I was like, I love Nikki. I want her to make it, but I know that this is who she is. But it's even more heartbreaking because I know that she's about to get this good news that would have gotten her through. Yep. It was that was that was some hard to watch, brilliantly filmed television. And
1: I thought the scene in the in the cornfield with where they smoked crack was like so. It was so hilarious and so heartbreaking. Like mm-hmm. the way that they balanced the ridiculousness of it and the sh- the tragedy of it. And when Piper smoked crack, I mean, again, we have another moment in the season of like how do you go back from this now, Piper? How do you re-enter your New York elite privileged life now that you have a swastika burned on your forearm and you've smoked crack in the cornfield at prison? Yep. It's just, they keep upping the ante and it's like, but they do it in a way that's, that's not ridiculous. It doesn't feel contrived and it doesn't feel like they're doing it just to do it.
0: Exactly. I don't um, know. It's, it's been, and one little shout out to Yael Stone, who I just have a soft spot in my heart for. Oh, she I is, love her. Can we just like, I know that her character isn't like one of those big pillar characters, but if anybody knows how hard it is to do some of those things she does in acting and also knows that she's Australian. And I know the, the, what the manic, that,
1: that's insane. The manic
0: extremes that she has, her acting performance in this season was just top notch.
1: Yeah, no, I, I and again, another, I just want her to, I want to shake her sometimes and just
0: be like, girl, chill. Like, well, you know, her and Nikki belong together, but they, won't. I
1: know, I know. And and I really like her husband so much, and I feel bad for this guy now because she's she can't love herself can't enough to... She can't do it. She cannot it.
0: deal. She,
1: she can't deal. Ugh. Oh,
0: incredible. I so know. as we move into episode 12, which is the episode, and if you're still listening and you haven't been thrown off by the spoilers, that means you know what we're talking about. But let me just say this. I didn't realize going in about a very important detail that I thought would have come to me before I watched it, and so after I saw it, it blew my mind even more because I found out after the fact. But I don't know if you knew this, Rachel. Matthew Weiner directed episode. I, I
1: that's this is so funny because I literally was reading a Vulture article that mentioned that, and I had to Google it to make sure that it was the same guy. That because I was like, what? I had no idea. <laughs>
0: it was like the it was like the perfect convergence of like. Two of my all-time favorite things coming together is like Genji Cohan and Matthew Weiner were like, "Yeah, why don't we work together?" Like, and then yeah. the universe explodes.
1: Yeah, I know. And they make the greatest like piece of television ever. Yeah, so
0: you have Genji Cohan writing and Matthew Weiner sculpting uh, a single episode of television. That is what we call boys and girls perfection.
1: And I want to talk about this entire, who say this entire show, not just the season, but. Posey for me was literally always easily one of my favorite characters if not my favorite. She is so damn likable. She's so beautiful, she's, she's so cultured, funny. She's, she's cultured, venture. she's intelligent. She's independent. She's just wonderful. The the everything about Posey I was like she can do no wrong in my book. You know, like it was and just
0: I thought she was important she may have been the most important character just from the standpoint of, we keep talking about how this show is about grace. It's about don't put people in boxes. It's about every human deserves love, even if they have done bad things. Kuse is the, like, she's the physical embodiment of everything good that they're trying to say about the show because she's the one that, and that was part of the big themes of the season where she's the one where you just automatically assume, Oh, she's black and she's hanging out with all the black hood rats. That means that she was born to be in prison, but yes. then you find out she's cultured, she's intelligent, she's traveled the world, she's well read, she knows what she wants, she knows how to take care of people. Like she is the antithesis of people that are in Litchfield, but she happens to be in Litchfield, yep. and that that that's it. That's that's the message we're supposed to get. So of course, it's heartbreaking when you see see her struggle the way you did.
1: And I want to really hammer home that that is not an unrealistic thing. No. that people are sitting in prison right now for minor drug offenses that they've gotten seven years or more for in a prison i just it's i don't want to bring i don't want to talk ironically about too much politics in this it's episode seven
0: to ten years for weed
1: or weed you guys this is insane this is insane and 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 orange is the new black especially in previous seasons let me tell you from people that i've spoken to that have been in prison they make it look really nice and this was the first season that i think they were like you know what we're this is what we're gonna do we're gonna get we're gonna take it to the next level we're gonna get real with it and we're gonna hope that people can handle it i think they they littered in so much more comedy this season ironically than they have in past seasons or maybe it just hit it, harder they, it for me cuz i up. desperately it, it needed yeah i, I were, needed the laugh when they gave it to wars, me
0: they were doing the nazi thing they were doing the mental illness thing i mean
1: it was they were just like all right let's do it then let's really do it then because we hadn't seen almost anything from like white supremacy groups those are in prison we hadn't seen anything from overcrowding to the point that's happening in prisons and the the real heartbreaking thing about pusey was that she out of all the characters that we at least know she was the only one that was actually gonna be really successful and probably mm-hmm. not come back to Litchfield because she had a job lined up, she had her career, like she had all these things going for her.
0: And she and, was cultivating healthy relationships while she uh, was in there. Like her and Tasty had, had probably the healthiest friendship relationship. And I wanna talk about
1: those, those actors outside of the show because no one knew that Pusey was gonna die until no they did. got the script. No one did except for her. They told her and she knew the entire season. And guess what she did before everybody got that script? She went over to the actress who plays Tasty's apartment with a bottle of wine and said, hey, we need to talk. And they just sat there and cried together. Mm-hmm. And that to me is just such a beautiful thing. And it to see The scene when it happens, I mean, I might start crying now because it literally I was destroyed to see not only just Poussey's face as she's dying. But to see Tasty on the floor, just gut wrenchingly screaming and and then utter silence that I will I I'm never going to forget that moment of, of that of that TV show, which sounds so ridiculous, but it's actually not like it's actually a really beautiful piece of work and. Oh, I I don't know, man. I don't know. It sucks. I can't believe she's gone.
0: That that moment gutted me. I'm not gonna lie. I no. was a mess. But um, that that wasn't the moment that ruined me the most. The moment that ruined me the most was the moment that made the poussée death happen, uh, which was yeah. the the episode before when the guards make um, uh, Suzanne crazy eyes. Uh, fight oh that other God. fight oh. that other um uh white girl that she was in the woods <sighs> with, like dogs. And um the the way Suzanne was responding because she doesn't have any coping skills and she knew that she had oh. messed up. I'm telling you, like I I don't know if I can no, even talk was, about any no, more details no. without crumbling to pieces. Like no. watching watching that happen and watching people laugh and be entertained by it, like that is Sickening. that is the, the ultimate form of dehumanization and there is no room for systemic dehumanization in a place that's supposed to rehabilitate people. And no. the reason Poussey dies is because she is just, she's the one person that knows how to have healthy relationships in I that know. place. And she's just trying to And she was help. only trying to help. She's trying to help Suzanne because <sighs> Suzanne has been completely screwed over. Yep and it cost her her life because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time time trying to do the right thing thing.
1: i know i know it's so and honestly it's crazy this entire season if we really had enough time we could go back and see the freaking domino effect from like season one it's crazy but especially in season four the way that they set up all these what i thought were going to be hanging threads right what i was like god they keep introducing like so much stuff, and how are they gonna? It was all a catalyst for this season mm-hmm. finale, and it's such again a testament to how good because it's like a math equation. They were like, okay, we have to do this, this, and this, and this, and this to get here. We have exactly. to have this, and we have to bring this from the second. Season. It's crazy. It's I, like a beautiful mind in the whiteboard when you just.
0: Read, it I read, I read an interview on the New York Times art section. Um, this was published, I think, the Monday after the show hit on Friday. So it was it was pretty pretty recent after the show started. It was an interview with Poussey and the one person on the writer's team that was responsible for crafting that aspect of the narrative. And um, it was an incredible back and forth. And basically what they were saying was, Genji came into the writer's room at the beginning of the season and said, we're going to do Black Lives Matter. Yep. She said, I don't know how the logistics are going to look like it, but that's going to be an overarching theme in the show. And she said, someone is going to have to die because it's not going to mean something unless the viewers felt like it cost them something. Yes. And so Poussey, uh the, the a- actress I blank on her name, keeps... Uh, Myra talking, Wiley. Yeah, uh, keeps talking in this interview about how like she wasn't upset that her character got killed off because she said, when I thought about how we needed to approach it, she goes, it made the most sense. Because she said Poussey was the one that was level-headed. She was the one that you knew had the skills to survive. You weren't worried about her. You weren't worried about her. We weren't worried about her. And then you knew that she was headed to good things because she got a job. She was connecting with people and everything. And that's what makes it so heartbreaking. when, When a kid is gunned down because he's wearing a hoodie while he's playing on his neighborhood playground. I know. And he's 13 years old, 12 years old when that happens. Like, It's a tragedy, not just because it shouldn't have happened, and not just because of systemic racism. It's a tragedy because you have completely erased a limitless amount of pure potential and innocence.
1: Well, and I think and, another... And in
0: Litchfield, yeah. the closest thing to pure potential and innocence we will find that anyone can agree on is in that character. I know. So, of course, she's going to have to be the one that dies on that hill.
1: I know. And they kept... I I had so many. I thought it was going to be Lolly. I I thought for sure it was going to be Lolly, and I was going to be really sad. And then I thought it was going to be Crazy Eyes. And again, Suzanne, I was going to be so sad, but I truly didn't see it coming that it would be It's even more
0: heartbreaking that Suzanne is probably going to be the one that survives everything.
1: I know. I
0: know. That's that's what makes it haunting. She's the one that should be in Psych, but isn't. She's the one that can't (sighs) handle and keep a grip on things. But she's going to be the one that survives all the time because...
1: I was crying the entire last episode because we have okay so we've got suzanne now stacking books on her i'm gonna cry stacking books on herself to try and feel what it was like to not breathe we have her not not being able to deal with it at all we've got pussy lying still dead and alone on the cafeteria floor they over her body for hours. hours and then we have i mean when tasty heard um caputo give that press release and talk about how he was going to come back to work and and i i really can see the rock and the hard place that caputo's between i totally can but when tasty walked out of that room and she, you know you just felt her rage and her sadness it was unreal man it was i couldn't i was just sobbing i was just sobbing because i couldn't you get a you get a tiny little point zero 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 two percent of feeling of what it must be like to be in real life a family member or a friend of somebody that's just died for nothing mm-hmm. you know and it, and to think of how monu- how intense and monumentous that has to feel i don't know how you would go on let alone fight for it it just it's just crazy well, and that was
0: and that was the whole narrative for the last episode for that community all, all those african-american friends yeah. that had stuck together they they were frustrated because they they didn't want to talk to anybody they were in mourning but they didn't know how to mourn and they're pissed off and they're mm-hmm. sad and and it, it, you're watching them attempt to process and they can't because how do you
1: how do you how do you what do you do and what do you do when you feel like everybody from the top to the bottom is working against you and not there for you and doesn't care? What do you do? I'll, I'm, we'll never know that, you know? And there's people right now that, that go every day with that. I mean, it's just nuts. And I'm, I'm grateful for things like Orange is the New Black and it sounds stupid, but I am really grateful that we're, we're having TV shows and movies to be like, hey, what's going well, on? This is I firmly nuts. believe
0: that the most um, pr- the most meaningful, and also the the most meaningful art, and the art that also survives the longest period of time, like that will go on and on and on. That kind of art is the art that holds a mirror up to society yep. and says, yep. "This is what you look like right now."
1: Yeah.
0: And um, that that's why this is this is such a tragically beautiful, important thing is um i feel like orange is the new black overall as an entire show is holding up the mirror and saying guys we really need to talk about systemic injustice yeah. in our country yeah and we need to talk about what we mean when we say the word grace because if it's yeah. not what it's supposed to be used for then stop using it stop and then specifically it. in season four yeah um i just can't imagine any other way I-, I can't imagine any other way those sensitive subject matters of mental illness and systemic racism and injustice could be tackled in a single season more beautifully than that without feeling like they over they over bit like they took they bit off some right. more so they could chew it, it it can i just say that it was a perfect season of television i know
1: no i i i actually completely agree i completely agree and this is coming from somebody that really like was not expecting to enjoy the season really i really did not think it was going to be very good and here we are so um it's just crazy. There's so much we could talk about. I mean
0: We didn't so even talk the... about Penzatucky or I know. Sophia or I know. Red. Oh. Or the
1: new um the new characters that we, we got to know this season. That, um,
0: yeah, that what's his name? The young guard that accidentally killed Pousset. Like
1: I know. Or the guard that forced the
0: the dog fight.
1: And the baby mouse. Dude, yeah, I thought guy. I was gonna lose it that scene. I was like whole that again that was another time in the show where I was like I feel disgusting and uncomfortable but like yeah I know that they want me to feel that way for a reason and exactly. i have to feel it oh
0: or just like how so heartbreaking much. it was that that Soso finally became self-aware oh my, yep. and just when she's becoming self-aware and realizing what it's like to to have healthy interest for other people it, it she loses everything
1: yep what are we going to see from her season five? You know, I, it's, at this point, I have no I idea. I have what no they idea, but she's
0: either going to be completely cold and lifeless in a corner, or she's going to be completely ruthless and go through a completely different character change. Yeah.
1: I'm so, I mean, all I can say is one, what is the guard's name? Chubbs or Stubbs or whatever? Yeah. He's going to need to get his throat slit ASAP. <laughs> like, sure. He's going to need to die uh, very I soon love, or have something really bad happen to him.
0: I would love Big Boo or yes. neck tattoo older murderous lady to go <laughs> yeah. and just get him. Yeah, just
1: whatever it takes. Um, But I, I'm i just so excited for season five. I really can't wait to see what they do. And regardless of if it's good or not, we have season four and that was but, a, yeah, it's, you it's know. It's
0: probably safe to assume it's gonna be a touch of a letdown because yes. how do you follow perfection? I don't but know. I will yeah. say, I feel I feel the beginning of the season will be promising because holy hell, what a hangover. We we have to hold on to right now. I
1: know, right? Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear what you guys thought of the season. Please tweet at us, let us know what your thoughts were. Um,
0: We want conversations about this. We want conversations.
1: We want conversations. We want to know what we missed because I'm sure there's so much, but it's tough to really look past anything like past Pousset's death. Like it's so hard because once that happened, it was like it changed everything. So I'm excited to hear what you guys thought of the season, what you what stood out to you, what characters you want to see more of next season, what backstories and characters that you miss. Because, you know, I was thinking of um, remember that character that was um, the older French woman who had run like the cleaning service and she found out that the girls were getting abused. So she killed the guy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I miss
1: her. You know, I miss characters like that. And it's I the show is just fascinating. And I, I, my favorite episodes are the ones where we get backstories. So who who do you guys want to see next is my question.
0: Definitely. So hit us up at starvingcritics.com. Check us out on our page on iTunes. Um, give us a rate and a review that on what awesome. think the podcast is doing because that's going to help us get more listeners. And also people tend to be very honest with those things and we would love yeah. the feedback.
1: Absolutely. For sure. We want to know what we can do to make it better um, anything that's not just changing our opinions, because that probably won't happen. <laughs>
0: yeah, because Michael, <my laughs> so I'm not changing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's set in stone. So, Oh, man. Awesome, guys. Let us know what you think of Origins of the New Black, what you're looking forward to seeing, and um, if you haven't seen it, and for some reason you listened to this episode, shame on you. Go watch it right now.
0: Get on it. So check us out, at Starve underscore Critics on Twitter, on Instagram, at Starving Critics, and check out our website, and Blow us up. Let us know what you thought because we love hearing from you. See you
1: later, guys.